You're listening to the Ra Ra Room Radio Podcast with OG Willikers. I'm glad to be back for episode 19. We started this podcast as a weekly, and for the first three months, we hit every single week. But once the summer months come, and all the musical projects start coming into full swing over here, lots of shows to do, lots of work. Uh, but I still love making this podcast, so it's still going to happen. Um, probably when the winter months come with more frequency. But I'm still dedicated to getting you fresh content as frequently as possible. So thank you for sticking around and listening. This week's episode is special to me because it's really going back to my roots as a musician. Uh, a lot of you know me as a hip-hop artist, but it's been a long, windy road to get to this place. Um, I actually originally started listening to pop-punk music. Not just pop-punk, it was, it was all, all forms of punk rock, rock, metal. But I had a special place in my heart for the pop-punk stylings when I was a 14, 15-year-old kid. I loved the fast guitars, uh, the cool riffs, the melody, the singing. Um, really got me pumped up as a kid. And when I was young, one of my all-time favorite bands was called Time for Change. They were a super group out of Albuquerque. And I would go, I would drive up to the launch pad from Santa Fe uh, on school nights even sometimes and uh, check this band out every time I got a chance because they were so awesome and uh, my bands Half the Battle Sunset Drive they, uh, they, they really strived to have a similar sound or at least uh, they were a band we looked up to quite a bit fast forward to quite a few years later and uh, I find Ken the lead singer of Time for Change out, out and about in Santa Fe with his family. I approached him, saying, hey, aren't you that dude from Time for Change? And we got to talking, and um, yeah, now we're buds, so it's pretty cool. We get to have an episode today featuring Ken from Time for Change. Uh, and coincidentally, when I was reintroduced to him, he was in the process of bringing Time for Change back together for their album. They'd been split for many, many years. So it was perfect timing to bring Ken onto the show and showcase the Time for Change album. It has been many years in the making. Let's jump in with a song that was one of my favorites from back in the day.
Sweet. So uh, my name's Ken, uh, Ken Hendricks, and I um, am a singer, songwriter, musician, uh, family man. I live in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and uh, yeah. Nice. What's your band called? Well, the band that uh, we just finished a, a, a full-length release is called Time for Change, and it's yeah. actually a... A, a revived project from my early 20s. I'm 37 now, so I'm kind of a, I'm in the midst of my midlife crisis mode, trying to go back and seal the deal on things that uh, were left unfinished. Well, uh, tell us about about your history as a musician. Um, you know, as long as I can remember, all the way back to like when I was like nine years old, I can remember. Um, seeing, you know, watching MTV and seeing like Skid Row videos and Guns N' Roses and um, just seeing those guys play music. And I, and I always went like, that's, that's what I want to do. I, I also had older brothers that were really into music and stuff. So that was really influential on me. Um, so like, it was like Def Leppard and Motley Crue and Twisted Sister and Rat and all that stuff. And so I, I just remember being a real little kid. And uh, it's funny, I, I remember telling somebody, like, I'm going to do that. Like, when I get older, I'm going to do music. Um, and I think I, I even recall, like, being probably, like, nine years old and getting a, you know, getting a pencil and paper and writing a song. Like just trying to, I could hear it in my head. I didn't know how to play instruments at that time, actually, but I could hear what the song would sound like finished in my head, and I was writing it out. And that's so cool. So yeah. when did you get your first guitar? Um, I actually started on the drums. That was my first instrument, oh, okay. uh, and that was uh, I was around ten or eleven when uh, my brother. Uh, I'm one of three boys, um, two older brothers, and my middle brother, Mark, he actually passed away back in 95, uh, but he was really influential on me when it came to music. He, um, his instrument was drums, and he started playing at school and started learning the basics of, you know, separating your hands from your feet and watching the guys on TV and what they were doing and figuring it out and stuff. And he started showing me and he, he taught me how to play drum beats on the, the table and using my feet and separating. And I was always, so once he started teaching me that stuff, I was trying it all day at school. Just, I'm actually kind of, when I think back, I didn't get in trouble at school for doing that, but I was always just hitting on stuff all the time. Trying to trying to separate my hands, my left hand from my right hand and my foot, and and I felt what it. I knew what it felt like once I did that. I was like, oh, I can do it now. And I had a friend um, around that time. I'm thinking I was probably like 11, 12 years old. I had a friend that actually his dad was a musician, and they had like a full jam space at his house. And uh, I used to go over there and play on his drum set from time to time, and. And yeah, for, like my brother actually ended up getting, like my family was, was we didn't really have, you know, much in the way of money or anything. We were, we were pretty poor, but um, my brother did end up getting a drum set given to him and, uh, and he moved out of the house for a while when he got married and he left the, the drum set at the house. I remember this was such a cool feeling. I remember I took that, I took the drum set 
this isn't the cool part, but I took the drum set. We shared a room before he moved out, and I was really bummed out that he moved. Uh, I missed him a lot. I took his drum set, and I put it up in the closet and packed it away and cleaned up the area where it was. And he came to the house to visit uh, probably one weekend or whatever, but this is such a cool thing. He said, why are my drums in the closet? And I said, oh, I just, you know, thought you'd, you know, want them kept away, you know, and and uh, not messed with. And he's like, well, if I can't play them, somebody should be playing them. And so I was like, shit, yeah, I'll play them, you know. So you passed so, the torch. Yeah, so I passed, busted them out. Passed the drumstick. And I remember, like, I would sit in that room for, for hours. I would play... Um, Gosh, I'm all, I'm almost thinking I was like putting on like LPs and stuff of like old stuff and playing along with it. But uh, and at that time, my musical taste was changing into like heavier stuff. I was getting to like Megadeth and Metallica and and all that stuff. So you had patient family members that. <laughs> I guess my mom was always really supportive. Is always she's very supportive. She's she's a big fan. Um, uh, my dad put up with it, which actually. It's pretty awesome considering, you know, I know what it's like to have a really loud kid in the house now. So <laughs> my little girl, she's so awesome. She's five years old. And it's funny because we actually named her after a metal band. There's this like, there's this uh, like Southern metal band called Maylene and the Sons of Disaster that's not together any longer, but uh, we just thought that Maylene was a sick name. So we- That's a uh, nice name. Yeah. That's, a, that's the name we gave her. Cool, but yeah, man. she's, she can be loud. <laughs> so when I met you, this was- Many years ago, I was I was in high school. Pop punk was my favorite style of music. I was all about it. I had my yeah, electric man. guitar. I had my pop punk band, and you guys were like the badass, like top tier, like what all the other pop punk bands were trying to do. At least like the younger ones. I That's don't so wanna, cool. I don't want to. Like... Ma- it still makes me smile, man. It's just so awesome. Like I, I wanted to, you know, when when I set out to to get those guys together and try and like formulate that band, I wanted to create something that just kicked ass. You know, that like was really fast and aggressive, as aggressive in the sense of pop punk. You know, like but um, energetic. And I mean, you guys were shredding too. You guys mm-hmm. had had chops. But I remember further back before that band, you had My Empty Day. Yeah. And Dexter from Time for Change had Poindexter. Yep. And those two bands, that's what, where I first got into the scene in, in high school. And, and that's what you guys were doing. And two, they were two of my favorite pop punk bands at the time. So when you guys made that band, of course, I was like, all right, cool, even better. Like just local you know. super group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I watched you guys play a lot, even went all the way to Albuquerque and. Uh, checked out some shows at at, at the Launchpad, Launchpad, which was a very coveted uh, place to perform. Took me 15 years to perform there. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember you saying that. There. That's awesome. Yeah, we were so excited. Like, I mean, when yeah. you get on a stage like that, um, and then you just kind of like let yourself think a little bit about all the other badass bands that have played on that same stage, and then you get to it's just it's it's super cool. It's a good uh, feeling, definitely. Cool. Well, anyway, yeah, so you had Time for Change. Let's play a Time for Change track. Which one do you want to do? Um, well, I think on the new album, Leaving It All Behind, one of uh, the favorite tracks is definitely Phone Lines, so we could play that one.
So uh, leaving it all behind is, uh, as I said before, it's kind of like a midlife crisis project, but it's funny. People laugh when I say that to them, but I'm fully open and honest about the fact that that's kind of what it is. You know, like I even had a friend the other day say, don't say midlife yet, bro. And I was like, 37, man, like average life expectancy of a dude these days is between 70 and 80, you know, like hopefully we live longer, but, you know, just kind of having, um, this album, you know, was really birthed out of uh, a season in my life where I, um, so I, I ended up like, is there's kind of an origin story to this, but like, so when Time for Change broke up, um, it was in large part due to um, my becoming very, very religious at the time. And I felt like uh, the band wasn't what I needed to do. I needed to, per- excuse me, I needed to pursue my uh, my relationship with God, and I needed to pursue what I felt God needed wanted me to do. And um, so that led to the band breaking up, and I I actually ended up becoming a pastor, and I spent years playing music as well in churches, and so music was never something I was far from, but um, so fast forward from that, you know, like seven years of being a pastor, playing music in churches and stuff, I um, ended up having this really mysterious thing happen where I lost my voice, and I had a lot of pain in my throat went to multiple specialists, multiple doctors, couldn't figure out what was going on. It's something that I still deal with to this day in measure, in, in a small measure. Um, doctors still don't know what the hell it is or what's going on. It seems like it's probably something neurological, whatever. But uh, it's actually become something that I've been very, very thankful for because I stepped away from doing music at the church. Um, I became pretty jaded over the years when it came to the church and like what that culture was like. And so I was really thankful actually in lots of ways to be uh, driven out of it in a sense because of this ailment. Um, And so I ended up stepping back and then just like, man, over the next, like it's been like three years that I've been dealing with that issue and it's been getting better and better slowly. Um, and then also alongside it getting better, I think I'm also tolerating it and living with it, but it's a chronic thing. And, uh, anybody out there that lives with a chronic, you know, pain condition knows that that can really fuck with you. It's really, it can be a hard thing to live with, but, um, nonetheless, but like when I started getting my voice back a little bit, that's when I, I thought, man, all of that stuff that I always said I was going to get around to someday this has to be someday. I've got to, I've got to do it now because I might lose my voice. I might, I thought for a while that I might never be able to sing again with strength, you know, like it was so sad driving around my car, listening to music and I couldn't even sing along to it. But, um, so when I started getting my voice back, man, and I could sing a little bit, I hit up decks after years of not talking to each other really. And, And I was just like, first thing I asked him is, Hey dude, 
do you want to get together and record old songs? Like, cause I, like, I just wanted to have those songs to listen to. It's a, it's, it's, I think that, you know, a lot of times when we do music, uh, music is an interesting thing. It's a different. It's an interesting form of art that has a lot of different dynamics when it comes to how people receive it and what type of weight gets put on how people receive our art. And a lot of times we can get uh, things misconstrued and want to do music for the sake of having people tell us how great we are. You know, um, and I, I mean, my motives have certainly been mixed in with that over the years. But this is just about. I just want to have it. I just want to have it for me. You know, I just want to, I want to be able to listen to it. I want to be able to enjoy the songs. Um, and then if other people hear it and like it, that's freaking awesome. Like it's like icing on the cake, you know? And then beyond that, being a dad now, I think about legacy a lot. So I think about, I want to have it so that maybe my daughter can listen to it even after I'm gone, maybe. And she can go, oh, that's where dad was at. That's what he was thinking. You know, these were his, these were the things on his heart. These were his struggles. I feel like I can hang out with him by listening to it. Well, you you spent so much time, so many years crafting those songs, and at at that point in your life, they meant so much to you, and you always had that album. I'm sure any band ever is always talking about, oh yeah, the album, the album, yeah, work yeah. on, even if they've never done an album. That's always one of the goals, and so by accomplishing it. it you'll never look back with regrets you know you've kind yeah, of man. kind of you know bucket list kind of things you just got to make sure you handle them and as you get older i think your intentions change uh i think that's just part of getting older yeah i think you're right you know in my early 20s i wanted to be a rock star my teenage years i wanted you know fame i didn't didn't really start asking myself why i was doing any of it until a little later and now that's the main question i ask and my goals have certainly changed, but um, I still do it. So yeah. it must be like a passion. It's definitely not because I think I'm the next biggest thing. Yeah. Uh, but I don't mind. I'm comfortable with that. You know, as long as I'm making the music and I'm enjoying it, and I'm still driven to do it, and and the music's coming out of me. That's what you're here for. That's what. That's you're what I'm do. doing. Yeah. 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 I love it. No regrets. You know. I love so, it. So congratulations, man. That album's been a coming for years yeah certainly and there's like actually a good amount of new stuff on it too like um there's a good amount of, of new songs on it that came out and um kind of getting back to the the you know going going for full circle with the, the what the album's really about the last song that came out for the album that that came that, that came to me was called leaving it all behind and uh I've just I've been in therapy quite a bit this last year just uh and my therapist is freaking amazing and just learning so much about myself and um my motivations for things and but this album uh, this song leaving it all behind kind of wove together a lot of things that uh just kind of brought the full picture together and it's this idea of you know deconstructing you know our be, being being okay and being being safe to you know be, being told you're safe to like be, go ahead and deconstruct the way you think about life and the way you think about everything and then keep the good and leave behind the bad and that's what it's that's what it's about leaving behind everything that um we find that's not helpful for us and things that we would rather not carry with us and yeah if it doesn't serve you why carry it you know mm -hmm. Is this serving me? No? Then let it go. 
But song yeah. by song oh, yeah. on the album, I can see like different snapshots of myself where I was at with the lyrics and stuff. And it, it's just, it's just cool. Like, I mean, I see like the super religious me in some of the songs. And then I see the, the super frustrated me, the super, you know, like, um, shit for lack of a better term the super new agey spiritual me uh you know the um it's it, it's all there and and it's all like um it, it just it belongs together it's it's a beautiful picture to me i, I love it it's uh, it's your your mark i think most yeah. people just all they really want to do is be understood and this is your expression so this is your way of mm-hmm. showing like who you are it's, it's your... <laughs> and honestly the, the the shit that i'm singing about most of the time like it's oftentimes it comes across may, may, I, I write songs in in ways that like that, that hopefully they can be relatable you know i try and relate them to something that's somewhat logical or somewhat um reasonable you know whether it sounds like it's about a relationship or something like that but the, the way that the lyrics what they mean to me i think that it's like really really far-fetched that somebody would ever actually know what the hell it's about you know and but but i listen to it and and i know what it's about and and then i have people tell me that they listen to it and it's about something different for them and that's even better that they don't know what it's about for me but it's something that they really connected with yeah that's a fun thing about art it, it can be interpreted so many different ways uh in fact for me when i write lyrics uh i'll i'll read them later and they'll actually tell me something that I wasn't thinking at the time that I wrote them. I mean, not yeah. not like premonition stuff per se, but more like the words just kind of take on different meanings the different times that you approach them and whatever's going on around you influences how you perceive it. So, and then, you know, uh, it's what you're doing in your life at the time that you hear that song. That's why music and nostalgia is so powerful. Yeah. You know, it's that certain song reminds you of that certain time or that certain girlfriend you had or that one summer from... Have you had the experience where, like, you've listened to a song that you wrote a few years ago and then a a lyric, it almost felt like you never knew what that lyric was about until three or four years later and you're like, that's what that shit's about. Exactly. (laughs) Isn't that so cool? That's probably a more concise way of saying what I was... I was kind of trying to get at. That's just, awesome. Yeah. Anyway, let's play another track. So um, this one is a, a song I really, really enjoy listening to. It's called Forget Tonight. Um, back in the day, one of the bands on the scene that we really looked up to quite a bit was called Left Unsaid. And uh, Mario uh, Rivera, he used to be in that band. And actually now he's in a band um, out in... Uh, out in San Diego, and uh, but uh, he got on this track and he uh, he sang the the second verse and threw some harmonies down on it and I think it it sounds awesome. I love it. Sing me a song that'll make me forget about my life just for a while. Trade the lies in me to get a kind of truth that'll crack a smile while the memories that stain my past drown out inside your light. Let it all sink in so. Times we live and die So the bar rotates to a father in our hearts 
willing to fight for the things that really matter in our lives. kind of funny man because I, I think that like so much of the inspiration for uh, you know when I think of that I think of lyrics because the lyrics are a really important part to me obviously I want the sound the song to sound good and to have good hooks and stuff and be engaging but when I think about songwriting I think about the lyrics and what they end up meaning to me and um, so much of it like it's it's there's these like deep deep concepts that are like intertwined with my subconscious, you know, like, um, back when, uh, I mentioned earlier that my brother, my middle brother, Mark, he was a big inspiration on me musically. Both my brothers were, um, with what they listened to and everything, but, you know, Mark specifically being, you know, playing the drums, passing that on to me. Um, he passed away back in 95. I was 15 at the time. And, uh, I had started to experiment with LSD. Um, I mean, just like just barely out of mid school, um, and I don't know what your experiences with that type of stuff has been, but like it's uh, pretty intense shit, and it will throw you for a loop if you're not grounded in your identity. And who the hell is grounded in their identity at 15 years old? I don't even know if I knew I existed when I was 15 years old and, um, must've been eye opening. <laughs> it, it was certainly an eye opening experience. It was very confusing. Like I, um, I had had one experience where I took some, uh, with some friends and we hung out all night and stuff and had a really fun time. It was just fun. Like that's like, that's all I think about when I think about that first experience. And then the second time I did it expecting the same thing, I did not get the same thing. I got something expectations will get you, dude. I and and but like, oh gosh, man, it's something that I ran from for years, but I am so 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 thankful for these these days. That experience. That experience. That experience is shaping. You know, it shaped who I am. Like, um, and I didn't realize that actually until the past year of my life. Psychedelics are a wonderful thing. If if 
approached properly. And <laughs> but I had no freaking clue what was going on, really. So, so like, just a little bit around that experience. So, 15 years old, only second time doing this, hanging out with a friend, completely different type of setting. You know, plan is I'm staying the night at his house. We're going to stay up all night, but we're having to be quiet at his house and stuff. Totally different. We're not hanging out with a bunch of people, getting loud and having fun, you know. Um, and so, and, and I took way more than I had done the last time. It's less distraction. You get more, more inverted. Oh, my gosh, dude. Oh, my gosh. It was so... So crazy. So I'm walking into this guy's house with him after we had just gotten climbed up on his roof. And like in addition to taking like the probably two or three hits of acid, probably an hour or two earlier is getting ready to kick in. We smoked a ton of pot on his roof. And um, so I was high out of my mind, you know, so I was very, 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 very loose, you know, so wherever my mind was going to go, it was going to go. And I remember walking into uh, his house and walking behind him. And then I just had this thought. I had this deja vu moment where like, oh, man, I feel like I might have dreamt this before. And then right at that moment, boom, my fucking entire universe (laughs) fell out from beneath me. And I lost who I was like completely. And um, I just I, I feel like in that moment. I came into the knowing of the fact that I was eternal and that I was connected to everything, every sense of good in the, everything that's good in the universe and everything that's fucked up in the universe. I was part of it all. And sense of oneness. It terrified me. And, um, I responded to it by just trying to like, no, 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 no. I am going to get away from this. I'm going to get away from this. And so um, like all in all, though, so many years later now, after having that experience, um, I I spent, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I got really, really religious and heavy into Christianity for quite a few years. And it wasn't until this past year going to therapy and actually talking about that experience, about that experience being a very traumatic experience for me, the way that I related to it in my life was it was it was like traumatic and it scared the shit out of me. And I wanted to run as far as I could from it um, because some of the things also that I associated with that realization or whatever that I that that, you know, um, that that uh the truth that I came upon, you know, in that had to do with like a lot of, um, there was a lot of shame and a lot of pity, uh, like there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, self-loathing and, and, and things that, uh, I wanted to get away from that, that came with that experience. But, uh, this past year, you know, seeing a therapist and kind of talking through it and like, I've realized that that experience in itself has been a catalyst for creating the person that I am today. Like that if I had not had that experience, I would not be who I am today. I wouldn't write the songs that I write. I wouldn't think the way that I think I wouldn't. So it was, it was almost like, um, like that experience in and of itself was, was a freaking awakening to like the fact that I am actually conscious and that I am on a path. And that uh, it's so it's it's actually something that I've become very, very thankful for. And so a big part of the song, Leaving It All Behind, um, 
one of the parts in the the the, the middle, it says, uh, you know, like taking the good, uh, taking the good, leaving the bad. You know, there was there were some things about that experience that I realized I had to process that were just negative views that I had of myself that were no good to me. So I got rid of those. And um, it says, so now I'm done with the lies. Thank you for the blessing in disguise. And that, and it says we're leaving it all behind. You know, we're leaving all, all, the, all the shit behind, but we're taking all the good. And I've realized that there was a lot of good in it, you know. Um, I'm, certainly, I'm not encouraging anybody and everybody out there to just go and get all the LSD you can, you know, to have some sort of life-changing experience. Um, I think that there are definitely responsible ways to use those types of substances. Um, but, yeah, man. I like, used to think everyone should uh, do psychedelics i figured that was that was the answer Every, if everyone did psychedelics we'd all be on the same page but uh, in my time i've discovered that some people probably just shouldn't <laughs> some people probably just shouldn't or maybe or maybe in a therapeutic <laughs> setting man like yeah. there's there's pla- there's countries in the world that are actually doing some fantastic work with psychedelics well and you can get to the same place i've known uh, a lot of people who spiritually have found their themselves through psychedelics and i've met others who have a lot of the same wisdoms without ever touching psychedelics you know so i feel like that's a path well it makes sense but it's not the the path yeah i think that and i'm pro psychedelics i'm just saying i get that i get that i'm more well-rounded that doesn't mean everybody everybody but yeah but yeah man it, it definitely is like a roller coaster intense way down yeah, that I mean, like, gosh, <laughs> you know, like that, having done whew. it so early. I mean, I guess I don't. I almost, I almost said that I wish I hadn't done it so early, because like at that point you lose your ego and you don't even have time to really grasp what it was in the first place. But um, I, I don't necessarily wish that I hadn't done it at that time in my life. I just wish that I had come to the realization of how beneficial it was earlier, a lot earlier, because I'm 37 now. That was 15 then. It was a crazy time in life because I did that. I had that crazy experience, thought I was losing my fucking mind, and then two weeks later, my brother died. Like, suddenly. It wasn't something expected. He died of a heart attack at 20 years old in my arms in our shared bedroom. Wow. I was 15. He's my best friend and my brother. So, like, the whole fucking thing, like, my whole life just, like, it blew up. You know, all of our lives, my mom, my dad, my brother. I mean, it's crazy to have, uh, you know, uh, Maybe. a family member pass, especially for them to have their kid pass, you know? Absolutely, yeah. But, um, but then, like, I just... Uh, Maybe that experience, you know, if you believe in fate or just for fun, pretend you do. Three weeks before, maybe that experience helped prepare you for what was coming. You That's know, an interesting insight, man. Because it it opened up your senses and and your attachment with reality, and what is I'm sure it touched on. I mean, I, I can't assume, but commonly when you have these experiences, life and death kind of become more of a fluid thing. You know, you feel more infinite 
you know, so maybe you, you wonder, like, are we more than just just flesh and bone? Where do mm-hmm. our souls go? All these big questions. Well, all that and really right lingered after that, it because of the way that I responded to it, like, there was so much to be processed because the way, the way in which I responded to it turned that experience into trauma and turned it into something that didn't, like, bring this, like, whole, oh, this is oneness and, like, this is a good thing. It was like everything is fucked if I go down that path. You know, because I, I, I thought the the oneness feeling, I interpreted it as aloneness. Like, and so, like, I, you know, if that, that, that aloneness isn't a word, aloneness, Alone, aloneness, aloneness loneliness. But like, I, I saw that it was it was coming back at me. It was being mirrored back at me that this is what it is, and I interpreted that as I am absolutely and utterly alone. And I was like, fuck no, I'm not going to go there. That's crazy. I would rather just remanufacture my little world of all my <laughs> friends and all my, like, cause that, see at a 15, I'm thinking that that's maybe what I'm doing. Like that maybe what I'm doing is just manufacturing this world of people so that I'm not lonely in the fucking universe, just completely alone and like powerless, you know? Oh but, man, like matrix style. It was like... scary, man. Like, but but coming, you know, just kind of like I've, I've learned so much and become such a different person, even through my years in Christianity, like learned like there's so many wonderful things that I've taken from that experience and that 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 period in my life that have made me into the man that I am today. But the way in which I responded to oftentimes even the way in which I responded to Christian theology was rooted in my experience on that LSD trip and being terrified of it. But now that I'm able to look back on it and see it for the positive thing that it is and gain perspective from it, I'm actually able to even reprocess Christian theology in a way in which I can say, oh, man, that's what Jesus was saying. You know, or that's it's like what he those was lyrics, man. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's, yeah it's, like, it's like the song that you listen to 10 years later and you go, that's what that was about. And yeah, I, I I love that experience. And well, and that's what's dangerous is everyone's mind is so different that we can interpret things in so many different ways. In songs, it's fun. It's like, oh yeah, cool. It means that. Oh, that's so deep, you know. But like with yeah. like re- religion and stuff, that gets pretty intense. The interpretations. Oh, totally. Man. Words are yeah. very powerful things. I guess is what the what the lesson here is. And we're just filling this up with words right now, man. We're like. We're potentially like messing some people up. It's a lot of words. <laughs> Kids, don't do LSD until you're old old enough. But yeah, man, I feel like uh, it's it's this beautiful thing. I had this moment, and this literally, bro, this was probably like maybe a month ago. I drove. I was driving to work, and uh, I was listening to the album on the way to work. And I think I was listening to that song we just played a little bit before forget before uh, forget tonight. And uh, I was just sitting there in my car right before I went into the office. And I realized everything about my character has been touched by that LSD trip that I went on. Everything. And all the things that I love about my art that I get to do, it's all touched by that. And it's formed by it. And, uh, yeah, it's like when I, when I sing that song, Forget Tonight, or when I listen to that song, Forget Tonight, it's like... 
I don't know, man. I can't explain it. It's beyond. It, there's there's something that transcends. You know, it's like a subconscious thing. You know, it's um, it's it's bigger. You know, and it's um, it, it's just like it's it's about just what's beyond life and and like there's this line in there and like i mean i don't even i couldn't even explain exactly what it means but it says when all is gone we'll sing together of the times we lived and died like and i actually that that dude uh, i listened to that uh, podcast that you put up the most recent one with circumference and that song that he had at the beginning that you played he said something really really cool in that song one of his lyrics said something to the effect i might mess it up but he said that uh that he proposes that after death is when we're going to understand what it's all about when we have nothing left like something to that effect and i was like shit this dude's done some lsd man like <laughs> Well, well, in that episode, and it's funny, this is a, that's cool you referenced that because he was, you're talking about that LSD experience experience being kind of a catalyst for you to create. Uh, If you remember in the episode he did, he was talking about this trip, he, a real trip. I didn't get all the way through it. Oh, okay. So So I don't want to spoil it for you, but, uh, but I'm going to. Uh, he went traveling to Mexico and uh-huh. went went to the uh, Mayan ruins and climbed up Chichen Itza. Oh, and he was up there and he said something just came over him in that moment. It was just such a powerful um, feeling, you know, leaving Santa Fe and coming, going yeah. to Mexico and really just going into the world and being on this ancient, ancient structure, you know, uh, yeah. from the Mayans. So, so he he said that he just had this vision that he was going to make make an album. He was going to go home and do his solo album. And that's kind of what catapulted him into his solo career and that's what awesome. he's been doing with, with you know, the majority of his life. That's awesome. And now that we mentioned him on this, he has to listen to it, right? Like, yeah, yeah. He's got to listen far because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're deep. We're deep. And that also goes to my point that not everybody needs psychedelics to have that moment to, yeah, to, to yeah. tap into that source sometimes. I you can know. understand somebody getting to that point though, where they think that that's like the gospel, you know, is they just need to have a psychedelic experience where they can understand that I'm the same damn person sitting across from them and we're okay. Sometimes straighten you out a little bit. Yeah. But maybe you'll just place. scare the shit out of them <laughs> and they'll need like 20 years to process it. <laughs> that's the danger. Everybody's psyche is, is uh, unique. Cool. Well, let's play another track. Uh, so, leaving it all behind would probably be a good one. Uh, yeah, listen to that 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 part in the bridge where it says that uh, thank you for the blessing in disguise, and that that's what it's talking about. But it it can talk about whatever you want it to talk about, really, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Something inside that gave me fight 
when I'm already alright accomplished one of your biggest life goals what now yeah it's kind of funny like like my one of my biggest life goals is an album that hardly anybody is ever going to listen to <laughs> but i enjoy listening to it like i said before that's what it's about and and i think the other dudes do too you know um dex and, and ken and, and lenny i think that they're all really happy to be part of it and i'm so happy that we were able to kind of reconvene and just hear the the evolution of each individual musician on this recording and like the freaking bass playing is so good, man. Like the bass lines that Lenny came up with, that's one of my favorite parts on the album is just listening to all his melodic bass lines. He's still playing. He still plays, like, man. Like that He's whole out in time? Las Vegas, Nevada. He's been playing the whole time. He's been nice. playing bands. He does some, you know, pro bands out there. Um, his uh, his girl too is an amazing singer. They're actually a couple weeks from now. They're going to be playing this big uh, talent show at the Hard Rock out there, and nice. Hopefully, they're going to take away the prize. But um, just. Uh, He's very, very talented. Like he's, he was talented back in the day. Like uh, I mean, he was always an amazing bass player. But he's even better now. And then beyond bass, he plays other instruments, and he's better than probably all of us. <laughs> like at all that stuff. But um, yeah, it's it's been super cool to reconnect with those guys and actually put out something that we're all going to enjoy listening to for many years to come. And um, it's been inspiring for me, you know personally to have something like this completed because I really thought that I probably never would, you know? Um, not only was it like the, you know, the procrastination before I had the issue with losing my voice. Yeah, sure. I'll get to that someday. I'll get to that someday. And kind of thinking you'll probably never get to that someday, you know, like, but, um, when I lost my voice thinking, oh shit, I might never get to that someday. I might never get to do this stuff. That's that was like Circumference's big trip to Mexico to the Mayan ruins. My mysterious You're, losing my voice. Yeah, yeah sometimes yeah. they're more pleasant than others, but these little sure, things, these sure. life events, these catalysts that. Yeah, I sent something to kick my own ass to get me doing the thing that was going to actually be really rewarding. Yeah, um, and I'm I'm thankful for it. I, I am, and and so it's been inspiring to complete this project and. And I, you know, we don't really have a lot of plans to like play a bunch of shows and stuff. We all live in different places. And it was really more about just having the album and having it archived to to have it for ourselves and stuff. And there's a there's a small group of people out there that care and we love them to death. And the fact that they're listening, you know, um, it's just awesome. You know, when when these people from from around Albuquerque or Santa Fe or, you know, folks that even moved away, you know, friends of ours from back in the day, 
listen to the album and then they hit us up, you know, like one of my friends, like out in Texas, he posts this saying like, you know, a couple, like a couple days after the album came out, he's like, this is the best album of 2017. And I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> that's so cool. Cause I know that he's like really into the pop punk scene and stuff, you know, and just like the fact that he would really dig it that's that awesome. much. It's like, oh shit, that's awesome. Don't get carried away, but I'm glad you enjoy it. You know, um, a lot of a lot of pop punk heads still out there, and it's definitely on a resurgence. You know, like there's there, it's it sounds a little different these days, but there's a lot of bands that are really doing it and doing it fantastic, and um, there's a lot of fans that are into it. But beyond pop punk, I mean, I, I mentioned you know getting this archived as uh, so to speak. You know, there's. I want to do more. It's been inspiring to do this. That I want to actually complete more projects. I want to. I want to fulfill more dreams. You know, I really, really want to do something in the genre of electronic music, uh, something cool and mysterious and experimental and just uh, outside of the box. You know, I, I I have an itch to collaborate with other people, and like collaboration is not something that I've always done super super well. You know, time for change. We just had chemistry. We'd get in the room, we'd jam, and it would just a fucking song would come out in like five minutes, and it'd be like, "That's actually a good song. Let's just keep it." You know, and then I'll write the lyrics and we'll finish it. But um, usually, like collaborate, I I would usually write just myself. I would write the drums, the bass, every, every all the bones of stuff. I'd put it all together, lay it down, and that would be the 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 nuts and bolts of the song. But I want to collaborate with other people and um, do do a project that's along the lines of like electronic type music, uh, with cool like mysterious like distorted vocals and definitely still hooks and stuff. But you don't have to obey the verse chorus verse chorus bridge chorus thing. You know you can just do whatever you want. Um, so like there's definitely like a a more like I'm, I'm understanding music as an art more these days. And Instead of a formula, more exactly, yeah, no, okay. it's more of an art to me now these days, and um, I'm enjoying that thought and where that might take me. And then I, I just I want I'd like to create a series of EPs, or you know maybe they'll be larger than EPs, but just do it until the day I die, man. That's going to be called. Uh, I'm going to refer to the project as Archive of My Heart, and I know that that's not it. That is not catchy at all, you know. But I, I think that it will probably get shortened to Archive by anybody who cares. But like that's what it is, you know. It is the archive of my being, you know. Like, and I don't know. I, I want to do, uh, you know. Um, maybe even potentially conceptual projects that would be, you know, and I'd I'd love to work with other people on it, shoot shoot tracks to other people, get tracks from other people and include them on it, you know, where we'd, I'd love to do something on death, something on consciousness, something on life, something on, you know, just lots of different abstract things, you know, those obviously aren't necessarily abstract, but um, sometimes I just think of a, fucking word and it just gets me and and the word doesn't mean anything to like anybody like but i'm just like i could write a fucking album about that you know like i feel i feel like i could and not that i have necessarily but i just get it down start i want to i want to do laying these tracks i want to do that so the first step is talking about it which is a good step yeah yeah and an important step yeah i felt a little accountable as i put this down like saying that that's what i want to do well, no, no, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that just for me, there's so many projects I've tried to do and wanted, wanted to do over the years. And 
I have a lot of them. In fact, they're sitting in this computer right now. I just I haven't finished them. So that's the drive of every artist is to... You know, that's something, though, that I've thought about in reference finish. just earlier today, actually. Um, I had a therapy session earlier today. And I actually like had this realization that that everything, everything comes in its exact at it, at the exact appropriate time. Like deja vu, the experience was something that terrified me for years. Every time it would happen, it's like, oh shit, this is like that LSD experience. This means that something's terribly wrong. And then now I'm reinterpreting that as, oh, this is a sign that everything's exactly the way it needs to be right now. You need to get get to work. After this, go home and make music, man. <laughs> get the pen out. Get get the guitar. Unless this is how you are every day all the time. I don't know. I don't, I don't hang out with you that often. But, but no, right feel, now, I feel I'm, I'm, I'm feeling today. your inspiration right now, man. It's yeah. like, I want to go. Well, maybe we should write a song after. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's so good, man. Good. It's good to be inspired. It's good to hear your inspiration. Thanks, man. It's what keeps us all motivated. Um, awesome, man. Well, that's good. So I guess it's about time to wrap this episode up. Do you have any last words, any last uh, shout outs or anything you want to say that we haven't had a chance to get to? Oh, man. Well, not not really. I mean, like if uh, if the guys have listened this deep into the episode, what's up, Ken, Dex, Lenny? So happy. I love you guys. What so up? happy that we completed this project. Um, and I'm just so stoked that, that you had me here to do this. And um, it feels wonderful to talk about it all and um to reflect on it and uh, i can't yeah. wait can't wait to do more hopefully maybe you and i get to do something together yeah definitely man i'm i'm big into collaborating every which way cool and uh yeah man for me this is a cool throwback episode to my roots when i first started making music and I do hip-hop now, and most of the people who listen to my music now or I work with don't even really know about that era of my life. Yep. Um, but yeah, I was the biggest pop-punk hit ever. you
save me. <laughs>